Dalai Lama. In the summer of 2017, I went with my spouse Megan to a conference she was presenting at in Bloomington, Indiana. I had never been to Bloomington, but over the years had heard that it was something of a pretty awesome place. And while there, I hit up my old friend Jeff Grant, a Richmond native who moved to Bloomington years ago with his wife Erin Toby. Now, I spoke to Jeff Grant initially on the podcast around four years ago, almost five years ago, about all the cool stuff he does. As a lifelong musician, he's made music with various punk bands and had at the time been making music as Full Sun and co-running his and Aaron's Houseplant Records. But what I discovered in visiting Jeff that summer is he is now a coffee shop owner, and not in a little way. Since we last spoke in 2014, Jeff got together with a friend and founded a coffee shop slash roaster called Hopscotch Coffee. And in the time since, the business has bloomed into two shops, as well as acquiring and operating Rainbow Bakery, a vegan bakery in Bloomington as well. And in the process of this business, he's managed to gain accolades from the city of Bloomington, who actually credits their business with spurring some of the redevelopment that has occurred within the city. So I figured we should probably talk to Jeff again and figure out how coffee shop life is, and also about his newest development, being a father. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I guess let's start with the coffee shop. Like, um, how did you get into that? I was working in coffee shops or in one coffee shop in town. Um, my brother-in-law, Aaron's brother, Matt, and his girlfriend at the time, they're now married. Um, they opened like a, a vegan bakery called Rainbow Bakery. And I was, I left the coffee shop I was working at to help them open that place and just kind of work the front counter. They were the main bakers and it's kind of just three of us for a little bit. And then we started hiring more people and I kind of wondered if I would add, like I'd kind of had schemes of opening some sort of coffee situation in town because I felt like this town needed something a little different, a little more modern and kind of yeah, I wondered if I would do that inside their bakery. It ended up not uh, being something they wanted to do and probably generally not a good idea anyway. So then I started just kind of thinking, of, just kind of in the back of my mind, and then I was playing music with my friend Chris and his wife, uh, Jane. She, she'd she been roasting coffee from home and was thinking about opening up some sort of roasting tasting room and I we kind of just started talking and eventually she was like do you want to do this together and they were uh I don't know it was one of those things where you're like you're not 100% trying to do something and then the opportunity is there and it just kind of clicks into place and it you get that feeling like oh if I don't do this now I never I might never right. maybe someone else will do it and then a year from now what am I going to be doing you know it's just kind of just kind of like saw the whole picture in my mind at that point and yeah we went into business together and got like a small business loan and all that stuff uh and it's just it's just really grown i mean it's uh, last weekend was four years for us and first year we expanded our shop and the second year we opened another uh like location we because we were doing all the roasting in the main location and then we kind of ran out of room in there and so we would open this other place for roasting and also put like a full coffee bar in there like just all to go 
and then actually that same year, oddly enough, uh, the bakery, Matt and Lisa really burned out on the bakery. They were trying to get rid of it and move on and do something else, and they sold it to me and Jane. So we now <laughs> own and operate two coffee locations and a vegan bakery. And that was the bakery that you had initially yeah. thought about doing coffee from. That's, yeah. That's so, what a turn of events. Yeah, it's a weird a weird chain of events for sure. Uh, not the way I expected that to go. And it was a challenge. <laughs> Because that one year we were like already set to open the second place when they kind of offered this offered us the bakery at like a really good like you know the friend rate basically they like right just yeah let us pay it off like over a few years and so it was just kind of it's just been a, a matter of kind of learning how to manage that place. I'm not a baker, so I don't have like any expertise to add there. I just kind of work with the bakers and help with ideas and then kind of manage the front of the house a little bit. I mean, I'm not like the manager there, but I guess that's more my, my field. Looking back, like I've never um, opened a physical, like retail type business. What is the hardest thing, like the big obstacle that you, that you came across when you were doing that? Was there something that stuck um, out that was kind of like the hump that once you were over, things got a little easier? Or? That's a good question. I feel like that it's a, just a new hump every three months, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's oh, really? kind of like my job keeps changing. Yeah, because if, you know, after, like, for a while when we opened, I was, like, the barista, and I, you know, I hired a couple friends and it worked that worked with me, but... Like, I was putting in all the hours behind the counter, and then after a while, you realize, like, well, I'd, I want to run this business, but it doesn't feel sustainable to, like, be on my feet, you know, eight or more hours a day and doing this, like, day in and day out. Like, I think the main hump is just kind of realizing that if you're going to own a business, that your your job is going to change constantly. Like, mm-hmm. like right now I don't have any barista shifts and realizing like, oh, I need to, I need to learn how to do a good job hiring and training. And I, like a month ago, I hired the first manager there. You know, I was kind of like managing everything. And now I've got, uh, one of my employees has been there for like three years is managing the place now. And so it's kind of like I'm supporting him and, and helping him in his role. I think it's just like as you grow, you realize you need to wear a different hat, you know. I still feel naive like talking about this stuff because it's, you know, I'm not an expert. People ask me for business advice. I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> like everything I know, I've just made up as I've gone along or, you know, I didn't go to school for this by any stretch. I never really imagined myself in this role. When I heard you got into it, I was just like, wow, that's really out of the blue, you know? Because, I mean, I, I, we had a record label before, and that's a business, but... Um, yeah. It, that doesn't... That, that's not like a retail business, you know? Well, I guess not like a physical, no. like, everyday, like, retail, like, on your feet, kind of like managing no. lots of employees' business. Um, yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, I mean, I think I have that... Uh, you know, I think it's 
it's really just kind of like that DIY, you know, punk instinct coming through mm-hmm. in some regards. Like even even if starting a uh, capitalist business is like the opposite of you know where I thought I would take those skills, but like it is <laughs> like it those are the right. skills I had to apply. It was just like kind of figure things out on my own and do things, you know, cheaply and, uh, I don't know, just, you know, you work so many food service jobs and I've, I've always had sort of a, I want to say like anti-authority streak or something, but just, I think I got to an age where I was like, holy shit, like, I can't imagine like always having a boss. Like I just knew that had to do something so that I could wasn't like punching the clock for somebody else every day like I just it really has always been very draining to me and I've done it yeah well <laughs> you know but building something of your own the work you put in now like it, it's not just that hour it's also something that sustains like something that you build upon yeah yeah, so, I guess kind of like the difference between like renting and buying a house. Like, yeah, whereas exactly. your rent is usually going to someone else, and they're getting <laughs> rich off you. <laughs> um, you know, right. you're, uh, there's not a lot of jobs in this town, um, uh-huh. and I just knew that if I, I just kind of started to see the big picture and, and knew that if I was going to stay here, which I wanted to do because I love it here, that I would have to do something <laughs> that was making money. You know, making money. And this just kind of the thing that clicked into place first, you know? Well, that's the thing that, uh, tell them a little bit about Bloomington. And, um, when I went out there, I was, uh, yeah, this past year I went out, you know, during the summer and I met up with you and the thing that blew my mind about it was just how cool of a city it is. It had like a really interesting, like kind of walkable, ability to it um it it reminded me a lot of like that midwest when i was a kid i went to like south dakota and like some of the little towns there with they're almost like little cowboy towns where everything was like really close together like here's the diner here's the thing here's the whatever yeah and um, yeah it had that but it but it was like it had really interesting kind of independent stuff going on I, i ended up uh finding an article like when I was googling about your coffee shop there to try and figure out where it was I saw an article where you had actually been awarded something by the city um for like oh, revitalizing yeah. part of of Bloomington were you kind of like when you when you started hopscotch I we should mention the name <laughs> when you started hopscotch uh was that kind of at the beginning of a way or is is that kind of revitalization been going on for a while I think in some ways it was at the beginning. I don't want to, that doesn't feel right to like take credit for that, you know. I mean, in in some ways that was true. I mean, there's been coffee shops here for decades. Like it's not like there was no coffee here. Um, There wasn't a company that was roasting and serving. You know, there was people that roasted and then just sold their stuff in shops and then there were coffee shops that didn't roast. So we were the first to kind of combine the two things and do them both. And since then, I think we made it look really easy because, or something because 
last year like 10 coffee shops popped up in town and different bakeries that and everyone wants to like put a coffee program in their business and um oh wow you know competition really like ramped up the past couple of years which was fright kind of frightening but it's been fine the location of our main shop was in a brand new building which they put on the like right alongside of the bike trail they they like converted the old railroad tracks to a, uh, the beeline trail is what it's called. It's like a paved biking, walking trail that goes for miles through town and goes right through downtown. And it's, it's really like joined up different parts of town in a cool way. You had just kind of this big artery that wasn't really used before. And I think people were skeptical. They were like, yeah, well, the city's putting so much money into this dumb trail, but it really is like, it gets so much traffic and it connects so many people to downtown that didn't, you know, that don't have cars or something. And so, yeah, Bloomington is small and walkable and now it's even more so, you know? Um, so we're, our, we moved into like a brand new building that was, I think the, the first building put alongside the trail. Um, mm-hmm. and then like a distillery was like, there's a, like a craft you know, alcohol distillery, like right on the mm-hmm. same block too, that opened up a, within a year of us. Uh, I think it, yeah, probably like it did like kind of, st- you know, start a little small business trend, I guess, but that wasn't what I was, you know, we weren't like trying to do that or we weren't trying to revitalize downtown or anything like that. But I guess it's definitely possible if that, that was one of the outcomes. Well, I think for things like that to work, you know, it, it's just you need the right anchor business that can move into an yeah. area and and make other people feel comfortable enough to locate next to you. And then if enough people yes. do that, then all of a sudden you've got like a revitalized area. You know, Richmond. I mean, just look at Broad Street. Look at Sixth Street Marketplace. Like, like right. it, it's all that like these really good ideas, and they just never got the anchor committed people that could pull it off, I think, you know, and now it, now yeah. it, it actually is doing stuff because they've got, um, you know, they've toned it down. I think like they've got more like locally owned businesses. And, and so like, instead of expecting like Macy's to come in and like save broad street, you've got like right. 15 different like art galleries that all those people yeah. are really putting in hard work and it works. It, it amazed me seeing Bloomington because it literally was like everything that I've heard Richmond try to do, but it was actually working there. I think it might have to do with city size a little bit comparing the two cities. I think Bloomington's small enough that maybe it's a little easier for things to catch on if it's nurtured right, whereas Richmond, it's, it's just big enough that it's very chaotic. So putting something like a bus line in, like it, it takes so much more infrastructure. Yeah, um, I can. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think Bloomington's small size. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to. If anyone happens to be like listening to this and hasn't been here, like it's, it's a very small town, and you know, like I have friends that live outside of town, and they're like they have to drive into town, and it's like literally like three miles. You know, but it's like well out past to the Walmart or something. Actually, like one of my employees uh, 
is from Richmond, so uh, she and I talk about Richmond all the time, and um, yeah, we're always laughing like, like, oh, that's like Bloomington far, you know, like oh, three and a half miles, it's like Bloomington far. Where like <laughs> Richmond, it's like, oh, I only live three miles from my work, <laughs> you know, it's great. But here, right, it's just like, right. why, why would you live that far away? Yeah, I mean, like Aaron and I, my wife Aaron, like we share a car, like. I don't know. We're able to walk or bike to almost anything. One of the furthest things from here is like campus, but we don't even we don't really use the university campus. That's an. It's very interesting the way that the school is situated in that town too, um, because I noticed like coming into like Bloomington, like it seems to be kind of like an oasis almost. Um, you get the feeling that a lot of the people, like let's say, like thirty miles every other way, uh, are not as progressive. <laughs> oh, right. No, if you look at like the, yeah, I mean, if you look at like the electoral map or something, it's it's like sea of red with a tiny blue dot in the middle of it. <laughs> you know, and that's Bloomington. You know, it's because of the university. I, I, lots of people, you know, townies here will often complain about the students and how crowded it is when the students come back. But it's like, this could be Martinsville, Indiana, if there wasn't a college here. You know, it's town to be a whole lot different if we didn't weren't importing, like, uh, diverse, you know, diversity, which is what you won't find in any... I mean, this is a really white town, but if you go anywhere else, it's, it's extremely white and not liberal. Recently, you also had a kid. So that's got to be interesting uh, because <laughs> they definitely require you to turn your life kind of around, um, kind of flip it inside out and reprioritize it. And I can't imagine totally. what that's like when you're also learning how to like run a business. I mean, luckily, so we were three years in by the time uh, I was born. So it wasn't, you know, I had a lot of it figure it out i think it was like i was saying just realizing like oh i just need to make everything here so that i'm not the one that has to do everything erin was working at the library she was the graphic designer at the library and she took her maternity leave and then went back to work part-time after you know after after her maternity leave it was really difficult you know for her to just have to like go in and be in an office for six hours it just didn't feel like what she wanted to be doing. So she mm-hmm. left that job shortly after going back and we hired her as our graphic designer, also like event person for like both businesses, the bakery and the coffee shop. Oh, um, cool. So, you know, we work together on a lot of things, but we're not like up in each other's shit, <laughs> you know, all the time. Right. Like we're fortunate that, Prior to having a kid, we've worked together on a lot. Like, we've been in bands together, and we've put oh, gone true, on yeah. tours together. And I, Yeah, so I, there's a lot of things that we've done together that where we just had to, like, figure it out. Um, you know, she's an artist, too, and a musician, and I think uh, we've just collaborated on enough stuff over the years that this was kind of like a logical next step <laughs> was just like oh, yeah. this child and we we know how to work together I'm a, I don't know if I'm articulating it but it wasn't a totally foreign feeling I guess 
And, you know, there's also like the joy you have from raising a child, which is, you know, people talk about all the time, but then when it actually happens, it's like, oh my God, like I didn't know that I could feel this way about a, about a little baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about personal space, I think we, we both understand that like, Hey, sometimes I want to go like, um, play the guitar for an hour after the baby's gone to bed, you know, and it's, we're pretty good about realizing how important that is for each other because it's how we both feel. Um, so yeah, there's a lot less time for that, but we still do our best to make time and still treat it like it's important. You know, neither, you'll never catch Aaron or I saying like, that's not important. You don't have time to be spending on your art. <laughs> you know, it just, I don't, that's just not our relationship. We have that understanding. And that's um, awesome. Cause you know, like I, I feel like that's a lot of people's apprehension to having children is, is that they think that, you know, like that they're going right. to become like this boring, like that seems to be the stereotype is you're going to become boring, you become predictable, um, Absolutely. all the stuff you like doing, fucking over <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. Like, well some of that's true <laughs> but i think yeah, like you I were saying it is definitely true but it's not like a like like what you're saying about like kind of not realizing that you could feel that way about a baby i think maybe to a certain extent it's also like maybe you didn't feel like you could feel that way about losing that time too maybe yeah, totally it's your priorities as your priorities change you you realize the value of time and I realized like, like, Oh, I'm busy today. You know, I've got to work and after work, it's like full on parent time and your dinner and getting them to bed. And then, you know, your weekends, it's like 24 hours parent time. And, um, you realize like, Oh, I have from like nine till midnight when I get tired on, on the weeknights. That's like, the time I, you know, I've definitely like blocked that time out for myself if I can. Um, so, and that's something new. Yeah. I don't think I just didn't appreciate, I don't know. Just like what you can get done in a day changes a whole lot. And then you look at, you look at young, you know, you start looking at younger folks and, that maybe play in bands and make art and you're just kind of like, what are you doing with your time? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, no, like totally. you're just letting it slip by. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, well, you know, another generalization, you know, like me, but maybe when you're younger, do you ever see like, like older people and they like sit down and they looked like they were enjoying this little like, 20 second period of their life like it was a fucking glass of water in a desert. Yeah. Like you yeah. like you'd see them just sit down and they'd be like just decompressing like at a rate that's so fast that you can actually like see them really enjoying. I never felt anything like that until I had a kid. And I'd be like, right. "Oh my god, I get to sit down for 30 seconds." Holy shit. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so weird because you'd think that it would be like a horrendous experience if it was like causing that much, but it's like a, at least for me, and it, it seems like to be like almost like a happy stress. It's like a, it's like a stress that you don't hate, you know? I don't know. Um, although I have my, my daughter's five now, so I'm starting to hate it. Um, cause once they become, <laughs> yeah. 
once they become assholes, then it's <laughs> once they start like just being like kind of crappy, like they're, like they yeah, their uh, personality, and that's cool. You're like, oh my god, look, she has a little personality, and then all of a sudden, yeah, talking shit to you, and you're just like, wow. I know, and I feel like I feel like that's coming. Like our our baby is like he's he's just starting to walk. He's like fourteen, going on fifteen months. Um, oh my and god! And like this so week, great. he this week he like learned the word no. You know. And oh like, wow! To put something, and I thought that was a two year old thing, and so it took me. I was like, whoa, this seems way earlier than I thought. But yeah, you try to like do something that he doesn't want to do, and he's just like, no, nope. You know, don't want to put on this jacket. Nope, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, that—that that was the first glimpse into like, oh yeah, this this thing is gonna rebel against me, and it's gonna happen way sooner yeah. than, than I thought it was gonna. I remember when Madison was going through that too, and it's so interesting because it seemed like, you know, it would just be like every two or three months there'd be this whole new phase to their being. Yeah. Like, like just, just they level up. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like this behavior that they do for like two or three months and then it's this other thing and then it's this other thing. And yeah. um, it just keeps you on your toes. I think that might be why the time blows by because it's it's literally like you're getting to know, a comp- you're, you're having to learn a completely different person like every three months basically that you totally love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of closing up here. At least for me and the stuff that I've done, just the idea of opening like a physical retail kind of area, it's, it's something I've never even really been able to understand how it even functions. Um, what advice yeah. would you have for someone that was looking to get into opening like a physical retail place? Well, I think it would depend a lot on what that is. You know, coffee is one of those things where it's like most people like it. It's addictive. I've seen coffee shops with decent or above average coffee sale or flounder because they weren't um, really seeing the whole picture, which is that you want to make you want to make somewhere that everyone wants to go. I guess you know you don't want to mm-hmm. make it so bland that it's not interesting, and you don't want to make it so edgy that it alienates most people. You know, we right. definitely had ideas for our coffee shop that were pretty niche and like really focused on like, oh, we don't want to make you the, we don't have vanilla syrup here. You know, we're <laughs> we're pretty righteous. And that was the idea of starting out was to be like pretty righteous about coffee. And we still do that, but we've, we've kind of met the customer base halfway. You know, because when someone right. walks in and they're like, oh, you don't have this thing that I can get down the street? Well, then I'm never coming back. Um, and so we pretty quickly realized, like, uh, if we want to, like, stay afloat, you know, we have to, like, uh, reach out to more people or whatever that is, you know, just just not be so one so much of one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think it's about finding a location that's easy to get to and isn't frightening people and um, just being nice to everybody that comes in the tour. I mean, it sounds really obvious, but a lot of people don't consider these things. I think it's just about 
being welcoming. I don't know. Just giving giving people a cool place to go. Um, you know, and then there's all sorts of things. Because we do that the first year, and then we're, you know, uh, you know, more business-savvy people would have been, like, crunching more of the numbers, you know, before they even opened and making sure they were turning a profit on every little thing. And it took us a while to figure out all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, real like learn how to not throw money away on things. And... How much float do you need to start something like that? And in um, terms of money, like, like how many months of rent do you, do you put it aside for something like that? Well, we, I don't know that we put any money away. I mean, like I said, like you're not asking an expert, like you're asking somebody that, uh, luckily didn't fail the first year and has been you know I think making good decisions a very modest waiter. <laughs> well, you know, I mean I don't that's I mean like I couldn't tell you like what to put away for rent because we didn't do that. Like we we got like I'll tell you, we got we took a fifty thousand dollar loan. So between two households at the time it felt crazy. I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever done. I've never um, borrowed this kind of money. You know, my credit wasn't great at the time. I had to like work on that a little bit first, you know, and it was, it felt insane. It felt like this, this, oh, but then you like start to realize like that's a drop in the bucket for most people. And most people that are like trying to invest in a business or something were just, they would laugh at that amount of money because it's so small. But right. we, we it made like it work hard. Exactly. Yeah. Right, and it's like you might be putting that, you might just be lighting that on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're gonna right, borrow. It feels crazy. Almost yeah. the most largest amount that you you might have borrowed, and light it on fire, like possibly. Yeah. but it's a fraction. You know, come to find out, it's like a fraction of what most people will still away that are yeah. opening a, a restaurant or something. And you know, maybe those people are also getting money from investors and paying that back. But that was just like, you know, maybe I would do that now, but like at the time we floated that idea, we were like, should we get some investors? And I was just like, you know, it's that same thing coming back over like, I don't want to have a boss. Like I don't want to have someone right, yeah. that has power over me because they've invested money into my business. And I want to have to like make the business what they want. Like I knew, I knew what I could handle, but I, but I didn't want to, and, you know, drag others down into financial despair or whatever. Like my employees, I don't know if they all know this, but they make more money than I do. Like if you if you work for me and you are just making lattes all day, like you'll take home more money than I do. Um, I think I'm comfortable with a certain standard of living, and and we and we realized. You know, for the first few years, we were just investing any extra money back into the business. It was like, oh, well, this coffee grinder we started with actually sucks, and we bought the cheapest one, but we should have just bought the nice one. But we didn't have the money. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we bought like – Well, yeah, that's the thing. The employees, on they, don't have to, they don't have to pay for the coffee grinder to be there tomorrow. <laughs> right, exactly. And yeah, I think exactly. that's a hard thing as like – being an independent business person, like that's a problem I've always had is carving out space for myself financially because I've always yeah. been that kind of person of like, oh, you got an extra 20 bucks, put it in the label. Right. Like you got an extra blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you need patches, 
You know, like, I mean, it's yeah. just, and then you're like, I need a jacket. You're like, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, just having the like credit of the, the, like, I mean, we like, we like put more second mortgages on our house and stuff to take out that loan. Like the bank knew we didn't have that much money, but they let us do it anyway. Um, and I think next year that loan will be paid off. That's going to be huge, I think, just for our comfort level and just not feeling so hand-to-mouth all the time. I didn't know anything about, like, equity. Like, we had to do some work on our house, and it's like because Mm -hmm. we have the house and the business, it's like we were able to, like, uh, get a home equity loan to do work on our house, and it's like we didn't – you know, we'll have to pay it someday, but I guess I'm just trying to say, like, Aaron and I and our baby, we're not, like, when I talk about us not bringing home a lot of money, we're not, we're totally comfortable, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm more comfortable than I imagined I would be at this age. Uh, it's just about being savvy, I think, with money. Well, it sounds also like being realistic, too. You know what kind of life you want in terms of what it costs, what it looks like. And you found a business that that you can do that works with that, and so yeah, like I, I yeah, think that's exactly. something that is a little unique. And, and honestly, thinking about it, almost every successful business person I know that isn't going insane, it has it has that same characteristic, you know. And and these are all people that have like uh, like a friend of mine when he started a studio, he totally mortgaged his house too to get it. I know people that have done that and it be a very stressful thing or, or it'd be a semi-stressful thing, but it worked out very well for them. And I, I think, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, it seems like the people that are kind of like just more realistically in line with what their business can give them and the life they want, they're going to be happier. I mean, it makes yeah, sense and, at least. You know. And certainly you won't get anywhere if you're not willing to take a risk. And I think, that was something I realized when I was even uh, weighing whether or not to like start this business with, with Jane was like, do I want to take this risk? And then just realizing like, I'm not going to get anything if I don't, <laughs> you know, like, if the risk was there, everyone would have that business. Yeah, That's exactly. You yeah, know, like if exactly. it was just, if it came out of cook machines, like, <laughs> like yeah. if businesses could just like, you put the money in and it pops out. I mean, the thing about business is sometimes you put the money in and no can comes out. Like the Coke yeah. machine just steals and then it comes and takes your fucking house. And, you know, like... Yeah, totally. Like, it, it, most people guess, wouldn't... They don't yeah, feel comfortable think, doing that. But Yeah, and it's, it's a cliche, you know, no risk, no reward. But I think you reminded me of some good advice, maybe, is that, like, if you're mm-hmm. trying to start a business, I think... If you know that you would like to be in business for yourself, but you don't know quite what, maybe you're like got a couple ideas. Like, I think it's like finding the thing that you realize you're maybe the only one that would do. You know, like this town is small uh-huh. enough that that I started to think. You know, I just felt like I started to know everybody that was in the food service business or the certainly the coffee business, and was just kind of like I don't it's it's kind of realizing like this town needs another coffee shop it needs a better coffee shop 
um, I think I might be that person. You know what I mean? It's like, because I don't know that anyone else is considering this. And I don't know that, you know, certainly none of the people working in the coffee shop that I'm in, which is the main one in, was the main shop in town at the time. Like certainly none of those people had these aspirations. I knew that for a fact. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's about finding like, like just that maybe there's, maybe there's something that only you know about or you think you're the best person to do. And, um, I don't know. It just, it almost like falls on you, I think. And if well, it's there, if you want to do it, if you want to take the risk. What you're seeing is that there's a need, and then you're yeah. also seeing that there's a skill. Because if you're yeah. asking that question of like, would anyone else do this besides me? You know, it's, it's like probably a bunch of people could, but right. would they? And that's the exactly. big, the big decider right there. Would they? You know. Right, and that comes exactly. down to passion and availability of time and determination. Willing to take a risk, like, yeah, right. You know, yeah. Wow. Thanks for listening to Various Things. I'd like to thank Jeff for talking with me. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our previous interview with Jeff, as well as interviews with other folks doing interesting things. All of which can be found at our website variousthings.org, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher under the show name Various Things. Thanks for listening.